Life is made up of experiences. Experiences shape our perspectives and allow us to pass along knowledge. In this podcast, I sit down with listeners like you and find out that no matter who you are, everyone has a story to tell. I'm Ethan Smith, and this is Life Experienced. No matter where you live, there are always opportunities to get involved in your community. This has been especially true for Susan Mattingly during her time living here in Blacksburg, Virginia. Susan is a Virginia Tech graduate who returned to Blacksburg eight years after completing her degree to start a bed and breakfast. Not long after this, Susan had the opportunity to get involved in the local art scene. Yeah, so your connection to kind of the art side of things, did that come from just getting involved in the community or have yes. you personally yes. well, been involved with um, that for the whole time? I don't have an arts background. I've okay. always loved arts. I have a brother who's a professional artist um, and it was always a part of sort of the family culture where we, you know, we weren't like art pa- patrons of the arts, but it was something that my family did value. Mm-hmm. So I grew up sort of valuing that, but I didn't have any education or training in that background. Um, but I did have business experience and I did have um, a lot of community engagement experience. I had been the president of the local PTA and had been involved in several uh, other community organizations. And when the Lyric was already con- uh, renovated when I was hired, but so when the original executive director was leaving, um, I was acquainted with a board member and she said, we're doing this search. I think you'd be great as the executive director. And I thought, I don't know anything about running a theater. It's not what I do. I don't know anything about it, but I was ready for a change, professional change. I had been working in a sort of a office manager capacity at the CRC and not loving my work. I mean, it was fine for what it was, but it was, it was part-time and it wasn't very fulfilling. And I was looking to do something more meaningful. And I thought, well, what do I have to lose? I will just apply. So I applied. And as it turns out, really what the Lyric Neat felt like they needed, the board was looking for, is somebody with not a film or an arts background, but somebody who had experience in basically running a business and community engagement and who had, you know, a vested interest in um, growing this community institution and sort of had acquaintance with sort of the major players in town and and how you got things done. So that's how I came to be at the Lyric. (laughs) If you look around many small towns in America, you'll likely notice a small community theater, one with a single auditorium and movie screen. In Blacksburg, it's the Lyric Theater. Located adjacent to Virginia Tech's campus, the Lyric has long been a fixture of downtown Blacksburg and the surrounding areas. Susan became the executive director of the Lyric in 2000. Here's what she had to say about the theater's role in the community. If you could talk just a little bit about how a lot of communities in America have a small local arts theater sort of like this, but if you can describe what the Lyric does now as, and maybe how that's changed, if it has over the years that you've been here and things like that. Okay, well, I'd be happy to. Sure. Um, Blacksburg is blessed with a very engaged citizenship. Um, and... When the Lyric closed in the late 80s, there were a lot of people who really mourned its closing. Um, And at the same time, Blacksburg, downtown Blacksburg, was sort of having a a tough time economically. 
it had sort of become, and you've probably heard these arguments because they continue, but it's much better than it was, uh, that it's sort of a student ghetto. It's only students go downtown. Um, there's really nothing for us adults mm. downtown. And that's not true. Um, <laughs> you need to come downtown and learn a little bit more. But So that was the, the sort of the sense of Blacksburg um, in 1994 when a group of downtown merchants and well, it, was, it started with the downtown merchants who said, we need something to give the downtown Blacksburg a lift. Um, and let, renovating the Lyric would be just the thing. And they reached out to a great mentor of mine. She wasn't a mentor of mine at the time. She was not the person who encouraged me to apply. Lindsay West. She just passed away in February. And her funeral service was at the, her memorial service was at the Lyric. And pardon me if I get a little choked up because... She was just one of these just really great. She was, had been the first, I think she was the first woman to serve on the Board of Supervisors. She was, um, started the local community foundation. She was a mover and shaker in the NAACP. She just did all the things to make Blacksburg a better place. And if you talk to anybody over the age of 50, they'll know who Lindsay West was. She was a true leader. And if she had not been a woman who stayed home and raised her family, she's the kind of executive who could have led institutions. She was just really an incredible leader. And so when the merchants decided they wanted to bring back the lyric, they knew they had to form a new not-for-profit, they looked to Lindsay West. And she was a big film buff. So she said... I'll take it on. And so she did. And it was under her leadership and the way she, her vision, and the way she went about raising the money, making the connections, she had a whole lot of help. She didn't do it single-handedly, but she was the kind of executive who could make those connections and get it done. Um, And they imagined the Lyric as a community resource, something that um, the town has a shortage of performance space that's not campus-based. I mean, where else do you go? You go to the churches, and they don't always have, you know, what you need, want for um, sound systems right. or, you know, stage, et cetera. So she, she, the vision of the original board was that it would be um, a resource for the community, performance space that organizations and groups could use. It would be a film, primarily a film venue, but then they also would have their own live events, et cetera. Um, and when I was hired in late 2000, uh, this Lyric was serving about 20,000 people a year. And as it became more and more of an anchor to downtown, it grew in 2013. We peaked at about 70,000 people a year. And then the Moss Art Center opened, and that siphoned off a lot of um, live event audience Mm -hmm. and then the multiplex opened and that siphoned off a whole new crowd so now we've can you know we contracted down to about a we're serving about 50,000 people a year which is still pretty substantial and we're open 364 days a year Um, we're only closed Christmas Eve so a lot of people think we just do occasional things we are open all the time Um, and it's you know we've evolved to the point where you know we're sort of the go-to venue for the acapella groups on campus Um, we have children's theater here mm-hmm. um, several times a year. Uh, we have classic films. We have first-run films. We have live events. So we have public speakers. It's also an important place where um, a lot of organizations bring speakers here for topics that are maybe a little more uh, 
nettlesome for the university to have, like the students from Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School came over the summer. They were had a road trip where they went to communities that um, had experienced um, gun violence, massive gun violence, and obviously we're on the radar there. And so they came and had a, um, a, a conversation uh, here at the Lyric. That's not something Virginia Tech was going to host, but there needed to be another venue. It's where town and gown meet. It's where we can come together for fun and for meaningful conversation. The Lyric has a minimal staff who are in charge of booking and coordinating live events at the theater. But on nights when there isn't a planned event, the Lyric is a movie theater. And as it turns out, Susan personally curates the films. I guess I'm just kind of personally curious how you go about, what is it like to to be able to show the films that you show here? What's involved in that process? Well, um, we book a calendar, which is sort of unusual, unlike somebody like, you know, the multiplex, which books movies as they come out. They just Mm -hmm. say, yeah, we want it. Um, We are classified as a sub run or second run theater. So we really have to wait till the uh, multiplexes are sort of done with Mm -hmm. the films before we can get them. Um, I try to book, our main priority is to book high quality films. Sure. So we're not going to, I, and the advantage of being a sub run film is I get to read all the reviews before we book right. them. Absolutely. You know? So yeah. I don't put, I don't put all my money on that dog that tanks in that first weekend yeah. and then I'm yeah. stuck with it for three weeks. Right. I don't have that problem, which is a real advantage. Um, Another advantage to being sub-run is movie theaters pay a box office percentage. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think it's a flat rental. It doesn't work that way. It is a box office percentage. So when some big blockbuster opens, probably 90% of that ticket goes right back to the film company. That is why popcorn costs a ridiculous amount of money and everything is so expensive at the concession stand because that's where they're making their money. Yeah. We usually don't pay more than 50%. We're usually paying between 35 and 50 depending on how popular the film is and how fast we get it. Something like Green Book, we got pretty fast um, and I paid, I might have paid 55 for that one. But so we pay much lower box office percentage. That's one way we can keep mm-hmm. our prices down and our concessions prices can, can be reasonable. Um, so... Our priority is quality films. So I read a lot of reviews, watch a lot of trailers, get some recommendations, and book what we can that's of high quality. I try to get some films that you have not seen anywhere else. That's sort of easy to do when you're booking high quality because the multiplex doesn't always have really high quality films. Sometimes they do. And sometimes they're, um, I don't think they're really a good fit for the lyrics, something that is big on special effects. We don't have an IMAX screen and people do want some of those bells and whistles. So even if it's a great movie, I might just take a pass on it because you kind of lose something to see it in our, you know, pretty simple uh, venue. But um, having said that, so I try to get some things that you haven't seen elsewhere. I will get something that's been seen at the multiplex because I have a lot of patrons who don't want to go there. Um, they don't really like the vibe of it. They really love the lyric. They feel we have membership. We're a membership organization. Right. And we have about 900 households that are members. And they will, because it's cheaper, they will just go out of their way mm-hmm. and wait. So we're going to have Vice in February, even though that's playing at the multiplex. Um, um, and we had Bohemian Rhapsody, again, right. because it was a good quality film. It, and we had lots of requests for it. So I did it. And it did pretty well for us, even though it had played for a long time at sure. the multiplex. So there's some overlap. Um, that we'll get. We used to get more children's films, but I'm finding 
they don't really have legs to have a second run here. It's mm-hmm. like everybody's seen it. Right. And I think maybe people think parking is a hassle downtown or for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But since the multiplex opened, children's movies aren't a good fit for us. Yeah. But we try to get a little something for everybody mm-hmm. as long as it's a pretty high quality. So that's what we do is yeah. we try to get, you know, really good movies. Um, and some people will come. We have a few regulars. And when I say a few, I mean there's probably about... 50 or more who they don't really even read reviews if the lyrics going to get it they're just going to come oh, and wow. they'll tell me oh i didn't like that one sure so not everything i yeah. get is a winner but <laughs> um they just sort of assume they just let us curate yeah. and i'm the one who chooses the movies right. and i choose movies i have no interest in seeing sometimes oh, wow. but it's just like yeah i think there's interest for that in the community and it's quality film even though i don't care then i'll go see it Susan has become extremely involved within the Blacksburg community while serving as the Lyrics Executive Director. But in 2017, she was given the opportunity to take a next step in community involvement. That story, right after this. Welcome back. In 2017, Blacksburg had several openings on its town council. Susan was encouraged to run for one of the seats and was successful. So your involvement here, I, I think, has led you to be involved with other areas in the community, and you're recently elected to the town council. Right. So what has that experience been like for you? Um, it's very interesting. Um, I, it was a complicated decision for me to decide to run, but I'm at a point in my life where um, I still have abundant energy, but my kids are gone. And uh, I care deeply about my community. And there was a lot of turnover on town council. And nobody that I knew well was running. You know, there's a lot of people who were similarly engaged. And there was this, you know, and people who were engaged saying, are you going to run? Are you going to run? Are you going to run? And a lot of people were encouraging me to run. But my husband works for the town, which adds a complication to it. He's the director of public works. And... Um, It seemed like maybe it wasn't appropriate, but we had a meeting with the town attorney and he said, you know, there are cities in Virginia where you have city employees who sit on the city council. There's no reason why you forfeit your right to, you know, civically engage in that way because he works for the town. If at budget time, I don't, I don't vote on the public works budget, but there's, it's easy to carve out the conflict, Sure, you know, and so I decided that, well, why not? It was, there was also a lot of um, push about women, getting women to mm-hmm. run. And I thought, well, why not me? Why not me? So I did run. Um, I don't know that I would call it fun, but it's interesting and engaging. And I think it's work that really matters. The presence of Virginia Tech in Blacksburg brings with it many unique issues. Susan talked about some of these issues and how the town council must approach solutions. What, what else do you do you consider there? Um, because, you know, a lot of people my age, their their um, image of what a town council looks like is based on Leslie Nope's run on Parks and Recreation. Right. Well, so. she's not that far <laughs> off the mark sometimes. <laughs> like the public meetings, you know, some of right. them. You have to be tongue in cheek and you just can't take it all that all so seriously. But a lot of it is land use. Mm-hmm. A huge amount of it is land use. And how do you... Right now, I think one, that this is one reason I thought it felt like it was important to run is how do you absorb this growth that Virginia Tech has announced? For Blacksburg didn't get a vote. Mm-hmm. They didn't consult the right. town of Blacksburg right. that we're going to grow. They just said, we're going to grow. And the town of Blacksburg is like, all right, so where do we put all these people? And a lot of it's students, but it's not all students. 
Um, we have to find a place for those families and find, you know, find ways to uh, allow our workforce to be able to afford a home in Blacksburg. Right. Um, that's a real challenge. Uh, Blacksburg housing is so much more expensive. So there's challenges about creating policies and infrastructure that will help us provide some more affordable housing for our workforce. Those are the kinds of things that are important. Um, where do you build the high-density student housing? Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose what traffic is kind of traffic concern. planning? And people are like, they don't want the middle school built because it will bring traffic. And I, I will say to them, traffic is coming. Mm-hmm. You know, if if they build the infrastructure that they want in Christiansburg and people are commuting into Blacksburg, you know, mm-hmm. if they're living out in Christiansburg and they're commuting in for work, they're still in their cars. Mm-hmm. Our best bet is to provide density where people don't have to be in their cars. So it's those kinds of land use decisions mm-hmm. that are really challenging. On the other hand, people don't want to invite lifestyle conflicts by living right next door to a student housing development um, or have students moving into their neighborhood where they're living over capacity, where mm-hmm. there are five or six students living in a ranch house next to their family and there's cars parked on the drive on the grass, et cetera. So these are all, you know, not very sexy issues, but mm-hmm. they matter to your quality of sure. life. They matter a lot, a heck of a lot. Yeah. So, um, those are the kinds of issues we deal with. Um, sometimes we get to do something fun for me, which was um, pass a resolution in support of the ERA amendment, the oh, ratifying sure. the, the right. Equal Rights Amendment. So we do some some things like that that feel sort of good, but a lot of it is just you know quality of life issues in the most mundane way. Trash collection, leaf collection. We just had somebody come to town council at our last public meeting and complain about leaf collection, how it went so badly this year, you know, and <laughs> sure. But that, you know, if you've got a pile of leaves in your gutter and right. it's causing water to wash up here and there, and there's a simple answer. It was a hard fall things. The weather didn't cooperate. Right. You know, there's this series <laughs> of problems, you know, that, that was explained eventually. Right. So hopefully next fall will be, the weather will cooperate a little better During our interview, Susan talked about how campaigning and listening to public comments during town council meetings helped her to get to know her community so she can better serve its needs. She also encouraged everyone to get involved. So I imagine that is something, getting involved like that, going to those meetings, is something you would encourage everyone to do? I think everybody should do that. I think, you know, if you, you can't, it's, Hard to take a complainer seriously if they haven't looked at the problem and haven't sort of thought it through or engaged in a meaningful way. It's easy to sit back and complain because often there's no easy answer. Mm -hmm. And so you have to give something up to get something and are you willing to give up this thing to get that thing? And I'm not sure people always think that through. They think about their inconvenience in the moment that they're sitting in traffic. But... So you want to build, you know, another road. So are you willing it for it to go through this neighborhood and destroy or, this or neighborhood? Or through your property. Right, you know? exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, so, yeah. It's a big concern, yeah. sure. Susan will continue to impact the community through her role at the Lyric Theater and as a town councilwoman. So the next time you walk by a local theater in your town or see a flyer for an upcoming town meeting, take the time to learn more. 
go to a film festival, get tickets for live events, and go listen to what other members of the community have to say about the issues facing your town. I hope Susan's story will inspire you to get involved and make a difference. Life Experienced is hosted and produced by Ethan D. Smith and is primarily distributed via Anchor.fm. The show is also available via DSound, a decentralized audio sharing platform built on the Steam blockchain. For more information, visit dsound.audio. The music in this podcast is composed by Lee Rosevere and is used under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 license. For more information, visit freemusicarchive.org. If you like the show, be sure to share it with others. Links to learn more about this episode, as well as more information on the podcast itself, may be found by visiting lifeexperienced.org. If you'd like to learn more about Susan and the Lyric Theater, you can visit them online at thelyric.com. And for those of you still listening, Susan recalled a story from the Lyric's past that may or may not have ended badly. So um, the Lyric was owned by the same family for uh, several generations. Um, And the Floyd Plank, the guy who owned it, um, wouldn't quite let it go. So he came in every day and he puttered around, but the manager and his family kind of made, kept him and kept him sort of in check and sort of um, kept him out of trouble. Um, And on this particular day, uh, he was there with, just his granddaughter and somebody called and the movie that was playing was midnight cowboy are you familiar with midnight cowboy i don't think so well anybody who's (laughs) this is it's john it's a movie from the late 60s early 70s i don't remember exactly what year it came out but john voight plays um uh and it stars um uh, dustin hoffman and john voight and john voight is a male prostitute but it's like out of desperation. They're just sort of like these, you know, down on their luck people. Um, and it's called Midnight Cowboy. And his, his shtick is he dresses as a cowboy and he mm-hmm. goes out and walks the street. And um, a woman called and asked about the movie, you know, so the, and the, so Lyric is the only movie theater in town, you know. So what's playing now? And um, Floyd wasn't supposed to be allowed to answer the phone. Okay. But the granddaughter didn't get to the phone in time. <laughs> and he picks up the phone and he says, sure, you can bring your kids. It's just a little Western. Of course. <laughs> and that's all they know. Just like, of oh, course. no. <laughs> so that's sort of a funny story. Hence why did not, she show up yeah. or did she do a little more research and not bring her children to right. that movie? I guess we'll never know. <laughs> I guess we'll, uh, we'll never know. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. And once again, I'm Ethan Smith, reminding you to get out there and experience life.